I want to welcome you for something a little different tonight. As we begin, let's open up with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for every good and perfect gift. Uh, Many of those we are aware of, and I'm sure many more of which we are not. But one of the great blessings that you've given us, Father, as New Testament Christians, is the blessing of the church, the family, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. And you've set that up in a way that's designed to help us grow together and grow in our sanctification, in our love, and in our unity, and in our understanding, and our maturity in Christ. We're grateful for the church family here at Northside especially. Grateful for our shepherds now and those who have stepped up to lead in times past. Uh, Their leadership has helped Northside to have a great history and legacy of uh, always sticking to the Word and always looking to you and always maintaining the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That's something we take for granted in this family, Father, and we are grateful uh, for the family that it is and for those that lead us. Father, we ask for your presence tonight as we hear from the hearts of some of, of a couple of our shepherds, and we pray that it will be a blessing and a benefit to our family here at Northside, uh, to those watching, they might understand the beauty and the power of your son's beautiful bride. We pray that tonight will be not a glorification of ourselves, but a glorification of you and what you had in mind all along. We ask for your presence with us this evening. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So, we, uh, I did the Seeking Shepherds series four years ago. That was my first time to preach on the subject. And not a lot of that content has changed. A few things here and there. But as I was re-studying and reviewing and preparing about things that the scriptures say about shepherding and being an elder and what we're to look for. And I had my interpretation and teaching of what those verses mean. It occurred to me that since I'm not a a shepherd, uh, there's a limit to my perspective with all of this. So, uh, this tonight was born at, out of that. And I asked our current elders if they would be willing to share. And so we've got a, a couple tonight. And I'll let them introduce themselves here in a minute. Most of you know them. Uh, and then a couple of next Sunday night as well. So, join us again next Sunday night at 5 o'clock. And the goal here is just to hear from our shepherds to hear their perspectives about shepherding, to hear um, uh, some of their experiences and what is all involved. So, I will start by asking Brent, since you're closest to me, um, and this will will go to you as well, Brian. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us about your family, tell us about um, how long you've been at Northside, and how long you've been a shepherd here. 
Okay, well, our family consists of my wife, Debbie, and two sons, um, and they were, they were born and raised after we came to Northside. Uh, the oldest is now, it's hard to believe, 39 years old, and the youngest, Ryan, is 37. Um, and Brendan is, and his wife are living in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of Washington D.C. They have our, they have a, a little over one-year-old grandson, and then Ryan and Allie live in uh, Los Angeles, in Monrovia, part of Los Angeles, and they have two grand, two of our grandsons, two boys. Um, we've been, we we moved to to Northside uh, before Brendan was born, a little bit before. So about 40 years we've been at Northside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've been an elder for about 12 years. Uh, Clayton and Doug and I were added as elders at the same time. Okay, very good. Forty years, so you came uh, somewhere in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Before know your Bible. Before know your Bible. Okay. okay. Very good. Back at twentieth and Jackson. Good old twentieth and J. All right, Brian. I am Brian Middleton. I was born in Indiana. I went to college in Indiana and later in Missouri, where I met Kathy. And we came to Wichita right after college. I'm in the airplane business, and this is where they build airplanes. We have eight children, all grown and out of the home. The oldest is 44, and the youngest is 32, or about. Uh, yeah, I don't only do that. Well, you don't know either, so I'm fine. We have seven grandkids, and uh, they're spaced out around the country, none in town, unfortunately. but Two in Denver, two in Tulsa, two in Atlanta, and one in Dallas. Kids have all kinds of different jobs, all gainfully employed. Oh, and uh, came to Northside in 1979. Um, been a little while. I was an elder in 1999. Uh, this will when come November. I'll have finished my 24th year. And next year will be my 25th year as, as an elder. Uh, now, and I work in the airplane business. Here in Wichita. Yes, I still work and feel gainfully employed and tend to stay employed for a little while. I enjoy employing other people. That's, uh, I'm not eager to retire. That's funny. We, we, we hear this all the time from each other because if you if you place membership, you, you get the drill, you get to hear that about us. Yeah. So, so we could almost recite each other's uh, past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I didn't mention I I'm in work uh, for Kansas Bank, been in banking my entire career, and um, I'm still working too. I'm curious uh, how many since you mentioned um, when when people place membership at Northside, uh, our shepherds like to meet with them, and and you hear the the stories of of the men who lead us, and they hear yours and so forth. How many of you have been a part of? Sitting with the elders when you place membership. Raise your hands. Okay. Very good. 
So aside from that moment where they sit with you, and aside from moments like this and times when we talk about it from the pulpit, um, I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about what shepherds do. I think the only ones that you can really speak to that are shepherds. But what, you know, from the moment that you accept the commitment to, to lead and to elder and to shepherd God's people, what do things, you know, give us a Sunday to Sunday, a Wednesday to Wednesday. What, what are your dailies? You know, what are some of the things which you do as shepherds, which maybe you did before, but this is, you know, part of the, your role in the kingdom? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Sunday to Sunday. We, Sundays are... Pretty much, we, 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 our Sundays are committed here. Uh, that's partly because in addition to worship, small group time, we're also, we, have, we, we meet as elders. We've chosen to do that on Sunday afternoon. Um, not every Sunday afternoon, twice, twice a month. Um, if we tried to do it in an evening, we would be obligated to many other things. Some of those things might be might include the times that we are sp- spending visiting someone. Uh, on spur of the moment, we may be called to visit, pray with someone, uh, particularly if there's a health situation or any kind of situation uh, that's happening in people's lives. We're one of us tries to be available for that. Yeah, I, I will ask for the audience um, share if the if you have uh, if the if the elders have visited you at the <clears throat> hospital or have prayed a special prayer with you for something you and your family is going through here at the building or maybe come to your home. Did you raise your hand? Yeah, it's, it's quite impressive the the work that goes on. Not just to speak of the meetings. Um, which I know you love, and are <laughs> but they're they're necessary. Uh, Brian, can you add anything to some of the some of the things that shepherds do? Yeah, you can really divide it up into different categories. Uh, as overseers, we look after the the physical things that have to be taken care of, and there's a lot of that work that has to be done. We uh, try to delegate as much as possible to deacons on that, but that, that's hard to. It's easy to, for us to get down in the weeds more than we should. Um, but the, the shepherding part is really the, the serious part of that. And that's looking at people's lives, people that have problems. And uh, lots, of our, lots of our members are uh, very low maintenance. You guys take care of your own lives. Thank you very much. But occasionally things go wrong. Just like in the physical world, you, you get sick sometimes and you need some help. And in the spiritual world, that happens too. And when it does, we try to, to recognize that and, and be a help however we can. Uh, difficult, we're not all wise, we're not all powerful, but uh, we do what we can. So you mentioned something that I think is unique to Northside elders that maybe not all elders have, but we're a, a sizable congregation, probably have average to 550 to 600 on any given Sunday morning. Uh, most Sunday mornings, uh, we have a larger membership than that, so 
uh, that's a lot of people to, you know, shepherd and and uh, how how do you can you speak a little more? Maybe Brent would add something. How do how do you guys in a larger context uh, manage to do that without getting overwhelmed? And um, how what are some things that you found that uh, make that work uh, doable? We like to we we do. We 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 have we we have a we we take the effort to really look at who we know, and different ones of the elders know different people better than others. That's just normal. Um, so we uh, between us we fairly well have a way of of of. Having someone, one of the elders, is familiar with a group of the members. And each one of the elders. So we really try to make sure at least, at least one of us is staying connected with, with that group, with our group of members. Not in an exclusive way. Like I say, it's just a method to try to help us make sure we are we're, we're, we're knowing what's happening in people's lives as much as possible. We're formally in touch with the, the class leaders, so if people have uh, prayers they bring up in class, we find out about that. We're in touch with the small group leaders, and so if they have a concern that is beyond the scope of their small group, then we find out about that. It's, uh, and, and Will, Will's a big help. Will mm-hmm. does not divulge any names to us. So if you go counsel with Will, that's fine. But he tells us the state of the congregation from his perspective. And Will's been, been a, a great help. There's uh, people that need professional help, and we are not professionals in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a, it's a big job, and I'm glad that you guys, I know, have thought through and given a lot of thought and prayer to how to do that in the right way. So... Uh, the context in a larger church does look different than when it's a smaller, just how you go about it, it has to be done differently, just as with large companies and small companies, there's different ways to run based on your size and your abilities. So we talked this morning about uh, the verse from um, Peter, and he, he writes, and I'll just read it again, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And uh, he's clearly speaking as an elder to elders, and he's pointing us to the chief elder, and all of that's good, the chief shepherd. Uh, I'm wondering, as a you know, as we've talked about that scripture at other times. Uh, as a shepherd, what stands out to you from that scripture? What stands out to you most significantly of Peter's exhortation? I can say uh, the words that stand out to me are, are willingly and eagerly. Uh, if I'm ever in a situation where this is, this is a, a drudgery, a, a burden, just a, a duty and that's all, then that's not good and something's wrong. We get to talk with other elders or conferences and opportunities to do that. And I can tell you that we, uh, 
we have a lighter duty than a lot of elders do. There are a lot of small congregations out there that their biggest struggle is getting the electric bill paid every month. And we don't have that. We're able to do a lot of things because of, uh, because of the congregation. Willingly and eagerly. I like that. Brent, what would you... Um, the, uh, the, the term taking oversight, um, shepherding the flock, we, it, it can be easy for an eldership or tempting for an eldership to begin to act as a board of trustees and consider themselves, you know, the decision makers in control of everything going on. As Brian said a little bit ago, you know, I hope you, I hope you don't feel that's how we, have to, we like to operate. It's not. Um, and if we find ourselves getting in the weeds we stop and we think, who, who's handling this? Who can do this? Uh, this needs to be taken care of. It, and, and usually it is being taken care of. Like Brian said, you all are willing and, and active and, and you're good stewards of your time and gifts. And then our, ours is one of encouragement and, and giving counsel. Uh, some of our best, some of our best and biggest ideas have come from the members. Didn't come out of the elders' room, and we simply gave a a nod of approval and some encouragement and and help. You know that's interesting um, because you both were deacons prior to serving as elders. Mm-hmm. Brent, deacon of worship. Brian Deacon of Adult Education, right? That's right. So <clears throat> a deacon thinks of, you know, thinks of their ministry, their role. You know, if something needs to be done, they go and do it. You know, if they're a deacon of uh, facilities, let's say, and there's a you know, hole in the wall, you know, they go make sure the hole gets fixed. Um, elders have to think differently. They see the same problems, but as you say, they have to think, okay, we can't, we can't solve every problem and we can't come up with every idea. It's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. Um, as, can you speak a little bit to that, to, to that shift in thinking from, you know, maybe deacon, deaconing to eldering and maybe some of the differences? Is that, is that a hard shift to make? Because we have an under-rowing culture, you know, we just, everybody just jumps in and does what needs to be done and that's good. How do you handle that as shepherds knowing that you can't, you know, just jump in and tackle every single thing? In, uh, in any job, there, there are pieces of it that you really enjoy doing and pieces of it you don't enjoy doing. And the temptation, of course, not just in elders, but in every job, is to do the things that you want to do and just say, oh, I didn't have time to do the things that you didn't want to do at all. And like uh, Mark Twain said, you eat a frog every morning for breakfast and everything after that is, is easier. And so I, I think that the... The switch from being a deacon to being an elder is you just have to say, all right, some things need to be done, and we don't need to do them necessarily, but we have to see that they get done. And if that's a, a lot of things are easy and, and pleasant and good to do, and we see the progress, and that's wonderful. But sometimes you have to admonish people that are going the wrong way or uh, have a, a problem that needs to be taken care of. And I don't think anybody finds that to be pleasant duty. But it's necessary, and we do it, and, and 
take care of that, and then that way the deacons can do the jobs that they're supposed to do. Yeah, it's not that we don't want to. We would often love to get right in, and we should. We should be participating as much as anybody, but it's, it's, it's good for us to remind ourselves to look for the talent that's around us, that someone that wants to do something, it just point. wants to be asked. Very good. Well, um, all right, question four. Shepherds are examples to the flock, we're told in Scripture. Uh, so I'm curious for both of you, um, since you've been around Northside a long time, uh, what shepherds were examples to you? Or uh, maybe as you were considering being a, a, an, an elder shepherd when you were asked, uh, who were the men that you looked to as good examples and, and uh, how did they model that for you? Shepherding and eldering. Yeah, I, I made a list because okay. there are just so many. Uh, when I joined, uh, Marvin Casebolt was was an elder, and well, he's a down to earth guy. Clint Petty was direct. If you visited for six weeks in a row, he'd come to you and say, "Why haven't you placed membership?" <laughs> uh, Carl Berg was cerebral. He understood the the big picture. Of things, Pete Titus was very clever in, in how he uh, arranged things. I realize a lot of people don't know these men. Uh, many of you would know uh, Ron Mock, of course. And Ron Mock and Justin Abraham—they knew people and had the relationship between people and things like that. It was just <coughs> incredible. We'd go to them all the time. And there were many others. I think Claude Brazel and Richard Ward and Sonny Banning and Clint Petty. They—they they all had strengths. And that's important for me to remember because in our current eldership, each one of us has strengths. And it's not the same thing. But we make better decisions together than we do individually, any individual. There's lots of times I think I know exactly what should happen and we discuss it and my way doesn't uh, turn out to be the way we decide on. And later on I understand, well, that worked out okay. Maybe I, I shouldn't have pushed so hard for my way. A lot of good examples of elders we had in the past, and they all had strengths that we can, can uh, leverage off of. That's a great list. Marvin Casebolt came to my mind. He was a great encourager. Oh, yeah. He, would, uh, he just knew how to do that. Uh, you mentioned the connectivity. Some elders, like Ron Mock, so good at connecting and finding something in common that you might have with someone else. Um, Justin Abraham. Learn from him the back door to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's not open, but... but, (laughs) uh, And um, my dad, uh, just because he would... He showed me a different side of him when he was doing the work of an elder because he cared. Yeah, that's interesting um, to think about, you know, how you saw your, your dad do it. And, and from a kid's perspective, it certainly looks different than, than when, you're actually, when you're actually doing it. So that's neat to yeah. hear of that, that legacy. That's cool. Uh, let's see, share some things that you have learned about shepherding the flock. 
Well, that's uh, some things that I've learned. First thing I put down was be patient and listen. Don't jump to conclusions about what you might think that you know or the story that there's always another side to the story. Um, But just don't jump to the conclusions about a subject matter or a person. Uh, Each person has a story. Each person has a lifelong story. And so the more I can know that person's story and understand that, then I can hopefully begin to help lead them to God. Um, Each person, everybody has gifts. Gifts and talents and skills and Look for them. Learn to look for those sometimes hidden gems. And finally, uh, it's neat to see when God, look for God, how God is working in people. Um, His spirit is active and alive and working and when we look back and see, we see where the Spirit has been working. And that is amazing. That's, that's what I've learned. I've, I'm still learning to appreciate and understand and learning how to do everything I just mentioned. A lot of good, a lot of good lessons there, for sure. It's, it's interesting as you talk about the Spirit working in Northside and you think about the things that Northside does and who we are today. You know, many of the things that, like, women's conference and uh, work camp and know your Bible, uh, those came from outside, you know. They were they were kind of brought to us, maybe by a member from someone uh, at a different place. But, you know, the elders uh, have always been receptive and willing to listen and to hear uh, if someone's got a ministry or a passion on their heart or something that they believe that God has called them to do. And that's been, it's not like the elders sit around and plan and say, oh, you ought to invite a thousand women to, you know, come out and have a conference. That was someone else, but the elders were open to, to and I'm sure you gave, you know, to every idea, think about this and wisdom and things like that. But um, I think that's an important thing for, you know, uh, elders to be able to understand they don't have to have all the answers. It's God who often supplies that yeah. in many, many ways. And that's a, that's a good thing. Brian? I, I'll just say Brent answered well. There's not much to add to that except I'd like to say that when you get the opportunity to work hand-in-hand hand with God, when you see God working, when you know that things you're doing day by day, when, when you're guided by the Holy Spirit and then you can turn around and look and say, that wasn't me. That was working with God Almighty. Uh, that's incredible and certainly not exclusive to elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody should have that opportunity. All right. Let me give you um, a difficult one and then and one that may be a little bit easier. But I ask you to kind of think about what's the hardest for you? What's 
for you personally, what's the hardest part of shepherding? And we'll follow that up with what's the greatest joy. But I'd like for you to both answer the hardest one first, and then, and then we'll jump to the joy. I have traditionally answered that question. I get it uh, relatively frequently. Uh, when I have to tell somebody something they don't want to hear, and it looks like, to them, it's self-serving. And if they knew what I knew, they'd understand why I made that decision, or why we've made that decision. We're very careful not to make decisions on our own. But you, you can't share that information, because some things I know are not a lot, some things I know are, are privilege. I hate to use that excuse to say, if you knew what I knew, then you'd agree with me. That sounds terrible, and it is terrible. <laughs> but sometimes it just kind of has to be that way. And I, I don't like that, and that's uh, why Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, obey your elders, because hopefully we have a, a bigger picture and can make good decisions. That's the traditional answer, but I, I will say that probably a more accurate answer is the same problem that you have is dividing up your time between work and church and home. Uh, that's tough. And the church requires, deserves, has earned a lot of my time. That's fine. Uh, my, my home, yeah, my, my kids, my family, that's, that's important. To spend time with my wife and, and do the things we should do together and then want to be a, a good employee, a good worker in the company. So that balance is just tough. I think it's supposed to be tough. I think it's always going to be tough. And that's not just like the other, not exclusive to being an elder. Can I ask a follow-up to that? Uh, just because you mentioned it, I mean, you've been doing, this is coming up on 24 years. How have you learned to do, to, to like you say, there are demands on your time pulled in every which way. And over 24 years, it's certainly changed how that looks for Brian personally. How have you, how have you learned to manage that? Have you found anything that's helpful? The elder part of it, that's a good question. We, uh, we're better at relying on deacons now, at passing things off for other people to do and to share that work. There are people that want to work and people that need work. The church needs workers. It's our job to put it together. And so we, we try hard to do that and make our work teaming up people with the work that needs to be done rather than trying to do the work ourselves. And the more we can do that, then the more leverage we have and the more we can progress as a congregation. Okay. Brent, what about you? What's the hardest Um, aspect for you? The hardest part is when someone is hurting and, and I feel that I'm unable to help them see God in that moment, um, I, that is that is a challenge that that is there. Often, we any of us could face that, but I feel like it's particularly for me a challenge. For I need to be able to help them see God. That is what I hope I can do more than anything. So that's a that's that's both a difficulty. It's a challenge, but it's it's a it's a goal, and it's uh, when we can see God in all situations, we are we know we're maturing. That's right. 
I'll, I'll share one story that kind of echoes off that is um, I remember going to a situation at the hospital. It's a very difficult situation. Details don't matter. It's very difficult. And I knew at some point either I or Brian would be asked to pray. And I didn't really know what the right thing to pray for in that situation was. So Brian graciously took the prayer and helped and navigated that prayer in such a way to help people to see the bigger purposes of God, even in the midst of very, very hard situations. And I think that's, that's one of the things shepherds do, but it's not easy. It's certainly challenging. and Every situation can be a little different. So um, I'll let you... Figure out who wants to go first. What's your greatest joy in shepherding? What's the what's the thing that charges you up and and uh, fulfills shepherds? <laughs> Whatever you say, I want to say me too. <laughs> it, it, it's great to to be able to see people spiritually mature, and when you see people make a decision, you think they wouldn't have made that decision a year ago. Yeah. They're more mature because they've been here, because they've heard the sermons, because they've been to the classes. They've you know, taken the time to study. They've taken the availability of uh, reading the Bible, through our Bible reading or some source, and see that they, they make a comment that, that that is spiritually mature. That's very satisfying. Absolutely, yes. Just watching someone learn to recognize God at work Drawing closer to God, being led. It's going to be fun just to see that you know, maturity and growth in someone. I put a little finer point on it. Very, very often we have the opportunity to visit the hospital. And uh, it's not unusual, those, uh, the people we visit uh, are terminal. Uh, often they know they're terminal. And you're going to see what their attitude is then. You go to the hospital... To, to cheer them up, to give them encouragement. And the ones that are really mature, you walk away thinking, that was something. That was, yeah, I, I didn't do anything. They, they have maturity to show me. We walk away with being encouraged. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. Go to encourage Absolutely. them and they encourage you. Yeah. That's neat. That's great. Um, a question that... Uh, you might need to think a little bit, a little ways back. Uh, try to go back to your earlier years of shepherding, and uh, and then think uh, to today. How has your perspective changed on shepherding? Uh, I mean, by that, how has how has it evolved and grown as you have evolved and grown and matured as a as a person, as a Christian, and as a shepherd? Um, maybe another way to ask it is um, before you became a shepherd you you had other elders and shepherds that you looked to and you thought you had a picture of what they do and what they did and then you were asked to serve and you have been willing to serve and as you get into the midst of serving it may it always <laughs> certainly will look a little different than what you had pictured so share a little bit about how that perspective has changed over time. I'm happy to do that. When I started, I really saw the job as a high percentage overseer 
and a less percentage as a pastor. And, and frankly, that's what I had the capability to do. I wasn't very good at being a pastor. But as I saw more mature elders do it and teach me how to do it, then I got the ability to, to do better at that. I should have come along that track faster, but, uh, I, just, but I didn't. Uh, so overseeing is uh, really an, an easier part of uh, being an elder, but to be the pastor, to, to spiritually lead people is very important. And I, I think that's how I have changed. I do much more of that than I used to. Um, elders are not created the same. We're not, we, we, we have different gifts, different strengths, different talents, skills. And, yeah, as I, as I look back, uh, I kind of generalized what the elders do. And, yes, overseeing was at the top of the list. There, and I recognize that there was that pastoral care part. Um, elders have strengths, and so each, that's, that's the beauty of, like Brian said, each one of us are, there's a plurality of us. We don't make a decision on our own. We, but we all bring something to the table, and different ones are able to handle different situations and, and take different different take care of different functions and so um, the elders have learned to appreciate that and there's a, there's a strength by spending time together and growing together and getting to know each other so that we know when that's that's a good one for Brian you know Brian can do that Volunteering for certain things or just having their ideas to contribute on on things, certain people, certain elders are going to rise on those. It's just it just works that way. So it's a beautiful thing how God creates an eldership that recognizes those gifts in each one, and then we it's just up to us to learn to use those in the best way that works so that we function most effectively. It occurs to me that you, one of the, the benefits of shepherding is that you really get a front row seat, not only to watching the Lord work, but to watching how he works through his body, through the different, as you say, the gifts and the talents and the, the people, not just amongst the eldership themselves, but also just within the body at large. You get to see how God grows people and how God will use people and use the gifts that he's given them to make uh, our family better and stronger, our church uh, wiser and and uh, more unified. That's kind of a perspective that I think maybe only shepherds get. Uh, we all get it in a limited way, but I think you guys get it in a, a big picture sort of way. So um, This will be the last one. This morning we talked about the three Bible terms, the, the original words, and, and the, the, the idea was the elder, uh, which is someone who's more mature in their faith, uh, an overseer, it reminds us of leadership and stewardship, and then shepherding, the pastoral care that shepherds 
give. Um, can you give some insight into those three and why each of them is important, what you've learned? Brian talked about you're, you're better at one than the other, but can you talk about all three and what you've learned about them and why they matter to the Lord? Well, <clears throat> the, uh, the maturity is we all, <clears throat> we all recognize, I think, the, the value in that, that maturity is, is needed in order to uh, see things and discern things and have, use that discernment and, and judgment. Overseeing, um, in a way, I look at an overseer is, is able to look at the big picture and see the see the strategy and the direction and 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 determine our direction as an overseer. Um, and and again, like I said a little bit ago, there's there's some who are that is their gift and they can really uh, apply that. The pastoral care as a shepherd is so important because we all need it, every one of us. And that's the beautiful thing I think that God created about the church. Um, We have a safe place where we can receive that where we can give it and receive it. Um, and it's, it's just part of the beautiful design that God made for us to have that, uh, be able to receive that through God's providential care through the Spirit working. Okay, great. I, I would say for an elder it's important because I think as you get older you realize that you might be wrong, and it's so easy to think you're right, especially when you're younger. Maybe that's just me. I won't accuse anybody else of that. But in, in our meetings, I'll you know, peek behind the curtain, our meetings are fairly structured in that we know the topics we're going to talk to. They're given to us ahead of time, and we, we develop them. And so we step through our, our topics uh, one at a time. And there's, uh, there's quite a bit of disagreement if we start these things. We have different ideas and bring in different things. And the, uh, the rule is that on one side of that door, you can have all the disagreement you want. And on the other side of the door, we all agree. And that's hard. And it's harder than you might think because the, the opinions are pretty diverse. But we work at that and, and strive to get that done as far as uh, overseer, uh, important work, uh, and the answer I, I can't improve on that and but as far as shepherd I'd like to say that uh, you have to realize you're not doing this alone you're doing this with God's care and it's it's intimidating to think you're dealing with the souls of people and but you've all felt that if you you have friends you've tried to evangelize too and you think well do I, do I push this hard do I push harder do I not push hard enough and and everybody has those decisions I just say that you know you're, you have the Holy Spirit in you to help guide you through those things do the best you can. I think I do better now than I used to do uh, years ago, mainly because I've made so many mistakes. <laughs> and you learn from those and, and 
get better at, at doing those. Uh, all three of those are certainly important. Okay. We've covered a wide range. Uh, so I'll just say anything you wanted to, to add or... I, I wanted to say that because people know, people ask me how much time does it take to be an elder, and our our meetings every other Sunday are uh, typically uh, two, three, sometimes four hours long. So you, so you have those hours. So not not a tremendous <coughs> lot. They take some preparation, and then there, there's assignments. We break down into small groups. Some of you know that we. Uh, we have the Welcome to Northside classes. We hand out the, the sheets that, that say uh, what ministries are under what elders. And so those elders that are two or three for that ministry have work to do in those areas. And that's a, a, a couple hours a week. And that would kind of be the, the minimum of time required. And if you have family concerns, then that's all you can, can give at that time, that week or that month. But then there's no maximum. There are always people to call, people to visit, uh, things to do. And it's, uh, just, just like any job of any importance, uh, there's not an upper bound to that. But I, I don't want to make it sound like martyrs. Uh, the work is enjoyable and because our congregation makes it enjoyable. But it's, uh, it, that's about how much time it takes. Brent, is that? Yeah, seldom do we... And- I, I think it's true of all of us. We seldom think about how much time we've spent. We don't want to add it up. <laughs> but if you, uh, many of us, many of you serve and work in different functions and roles, and you spend a lot of time. Um, in that regard, it's no change when you become an elder. It might intensify in different ways and different times, but... I think we're a giving, serving church. And generally speaking, by the time you become an elder, you're used to giving and serving. Yeah, so it it may just be you need to drop some things so you can pick yeah. up other things. Right. <laughs> and that's that's right. fine. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate both of you gentlemen honoring us with your time. Most of you may or may not know that they've been in a meeting uh, most of the day, I imagine, or at least a portion of the day. So uh, I appreciate you honoring us with giving uh, part of your evening on an already busy and committed day. Um, My encouragement and charge to all of us is to yield to Scripture, and that is to make our elders' work a joy in all that we do. Uh, They wouldn't say it, but I can. Uh, If they ask you to do something, there's a reason they're asking uh, there's something they see in you, and there's work that needs to be done. And um, I understand you can't say yes to everything, but if you can make their work a joy, the kingdom continues to advance. The work of God continues to be done. And uh, may you make their work a joy. May we all strive to do that, as Jim Andrews would say. Um, how can I help you? And I hope tonight... If you get a chance to talk to them, you'll ask them that question. I'm sure they'll have some, maybe a thing or two in mind. Let's close this evening with prayer. The conversation has been good, and we want to close it out with prayer. And thank you, gentlemen, for being. Thank you all for coming tonight. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are so grateful for our shepherds. Uh, We're grateful to you as the the good shepherd. We're grateful to your son as the, the chief shepherd.
And we're grateful for our shepherds, uh, both now and in times past, uh, here at Northside. We pray for them. Uh, We pray for their physical strength and health, that you would continue to bless them uh, so that they can do the work that sometimes is draining physically. We pray for their emotional and spiritual health. I know the the enemy works hard on those in leadership, and uh, they are no exception. So we, we pray that you surround them with your protection and that you will keep the enemy far from them, uh, individually as well as collectively. Father, we pray for them in this upcoming uh, decision to add some new shepherds to the congregation. We pray that you will give them wisdom. We always pray for that, for them especially. Uh, We pray for the men who are being considered, uh, men who are considering this, uh, that they will give great thought to it and that those who step up will steward well uh, this congregation. We thank you, Father, for this this time tonight. We thank you for your presence with us and among us today uh, as we worship you and, and be reminded of what you've done for us through your son, Jesus. It's in his holy name we pray. Amen.